Yeah. They calling me controversial. I don't know why, I'm just telling the truth. Yeah. They're indoctrinating kids with lies. It's just evil in disguise. They say that it's love, but they lie. They say that they're girls, but they're guys. Or they say they have no gender. From guy sports to girls with their winners. From now on, I identify as a ninja turtle. Where's Master Splinter? They calling me controversial. They calling me controversial. They calling me controversial. They calling me controversial. Jesus was controversial. Paul was controversial. Elijah was controversial. Yeah, telling the truth is controversial. Welcome to the Matt Buff Show. It is great to have you all with us. Check out thebuffshow.com for past interviews and merchandise and sign up for the newsletter and all kinds of cool stuff and watch the live videos there too at thebuffshow.com. Check us out on your favorite podcasting site, Spotify, iTunes, also Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Rumble, Instagram, and everywhere else that uh, they kind of allow the Buff Show to be seen. <laughs> Very nice. I tell you what, we got a banger show for you as the crazies go just insane everywhere. I mean, I got back on TikTok, right, um, after being booted off. And I posted a video on there that just said, F Joe Biden, F Joe Biden. And they immediately took it down saying I was talking about the election. <laughs> and I, so I... I asked for a redo of a look at it. You know, I appealed the decision to remove the video and they looked at us. Oh yeah. We're just used to you saying stuff about the election. So they put it back up there. So TikTok, the place where you see absolutely insanity, we closed the insane asylum and all over the country 40, 50 years ago. And, and now these people that should be in padded rooms are doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Dudes pretending to be girls, right? Girls talking about how Jesus was gay. Everybody everybody on there going absolute nuts, and conservatives have their own little corner of TikTok. So follow the Matt Buff Show on TikTok. Just go to thebuffshow.com and click on the TikTok logo. Give us a follow there. Because not all of it's not all of it's insane but most of it is i mean you can be a terrorist loving hamas supporter blocking traffic and go on tiktok and say look what we're doing not a thing even though that's a crime that's a real crime but my goodness if you talk about trump or if you talk about 2020 or if you talk about what might happen in 2024 or if you talk about anything conservative better watch your ass they're coming for you on TikTok. Very crazy stuff. We've got a big banger show for you tonight. Some awesome guests and awesome content and awesome reporting that you just won't hear in too many other places. You'll hear it in a lot of places, but on the Matt Buff Show is where you get most of the true common sense conservative stuff. We're going to get into the Biden walking out of the hearing. Lloyd Austin here. I'll give you a take on this with the prostate cancer. Not that he didn't tell um, Joe Biden, and nobody tells Joe Biden anything because he's not going to retain it, but he didn't tell the Biden regime. Um, I just, oh, by the way, I have prostate cancer. <laughs> and uh, I want you to know that we didn't tell us about it because he wanted to keep it private, but that's a major post. Now, 
My take on Lloyd Austin is this. Is he pretending to be stupid? Because you don't want to rise to general. I was in the Army myself. Um, all these administration, John Kirby, um, all of them, are they pretending to be stupid? Are they dumbing it down on purpose to be on the Joe Biden level? <laughs> is that what they're doing? Trying to be on the Joe Biden level? And... It's it just to make it all look even. I know they had to hire kids to listen to Kamala Harris. <laughs> but Lloyd Austin has to be a smart guy. But when you see him committee hearings and all this stuff, he's pretending to be stupid. They're all pretending to be stupid. Or are they really that dumb? Are the left, I mean, are the liberals in America really that dumb? The whole hearing, I watched a good chunk of it about the condemnation of Hunter Biden not showing up. And by the way, I'm a little pissed off at the Republican Party. We're heading into year four of the Joe Biden disaster. He's not been impeached. Mayorkas has not been impeached. The border wall still isn't going up. They're still funding money to Ukraine without explanation of why we're doing it or where the money's going. We're still sending, we're still getting bombed like hell in the Middle East. Our troops are under attack. We're not still hearing answers about that. The Republican Party needs to get its act Together, you're in the majority. Get something done. Something has to change. I mean, are we just holding off till four years of do nothing? I mean, are we going to go into four years, just wait for the election? The Republican Party messaging on abortion is still a mess. Democrats are sending out emails every single day. And Trump did the town hall, and DeSantis and Nikki Haley did the town hall. I'm not going to show you the shouting match between DeSantis and Haley. But I'll show you a clip from the Trump town hall where he's talking about abortion. And it sounds like Nikki Haley and Republicans are just scared to run on their victories. Ron DeSantis passed the uh, the, uh, six-week bill. That's a good thing. If we're going to protect life, let's go out there and say we're going to protect innocent life. Innocent life is a baby in the womb. All right? That's innocent life. And in in our founding documents, you have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You have the right to life. Okay? And in our Constitution and our Declaration of Independence, it outlines what it outlines what we are Americans are expected and expecting to have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Not guaranteed happiness, Medicaid. You're not guaranteed happiness, but you're guaranteed the pursuit of it. An open market system of uh, an economy that works for the American people that's been one of the most successful economies in the history of the world is being destroyed by socialism and the radical left. That's unconstitutional. The board, the wide open border is unconstitutional and rip kids out of school. So we put illegals in there. That all is illegal. It's illegal to be here. Well, they're not bring, They're They're, they're claiming asylum. No, it's illegal that they're being here, but you do have the right to life. And Trump puts in a Supreme court that, eventually overturns Roe v. Wade. Not on his watch, but it overturned Roe v. Wade. So Republicans even that have good, strong, pro-life messages, records, not records, messaging is terrible. The messaging is terrible. And I I see this girl in... uh... Ron DeSantis, because you both talk a lot about pro-life, your record. And that's my number one issue. And and the cry of my heart is justice for all people. And I've been, you know, vocal and celebrating with you all of your pro-life victories from the past. That's great. Now, this is a little intimidating for somebody to be in front of Trump, in, in front of the lights and cameras, Fox News. She knows a lot of people are watching. And so... 
she's doing a good job and people saying she's loving Trump right now. She's asking a serious question. Here's the good part. But then in this campaign, you've also blamed pro-lifers for some of the GOP losses around the country, and you've called heartbeat laws like Iowa's terrible. And so I'd just like some clarity on this because it's such yeah. an important question to me. Okay. I'd like for you to reassure me that you can protect all life, every person's right to life without compromise. So that's a great question. I appreciate it, too. You wouldn't be asking that question, even talking about the issue, because for 54 years they were trying to get Roe v. Wade terminated, and I did it, and I'm proud to have done it. They wanted to get it back, right? You wouldn't be have that. There would be no question. No. That's not true. That, that question would still be there, with or without Roe v. Wade. How do you find a way to protect innocent human life? So the question would still be there. Nobody else was going to get that done but that, me. Yeah. And we did it. And we did something that was a miracle. Tearing a, our, our country apart for 50 years. Nobody's been able to do anything. And again, you can only ask that question and you ask it brilliantly. And I understand exactly where you're coming from. I love where you're coming from. But we still have to win elections. And they've used this. Uh, you know, we have some great Republicans and they're great on the issue. And you would love them on the issue. Uh, and a lot of them have just been decimated in the election. Decimated. I mean, they're decimated for standing up for what they believe in. Wouldn't you rather go down believing you don't sit there and compromise on a position if you believe in it? And and Trump was great in the town hall on immigration and getting the illegals out of here and the border wall and getting oil production ramped up. Great on this stuff. This was his weakest moment. But everything else, if you watch the town hall, was pretty darn spot on. Spot on. DeSantis was asked the same question too during his um, debate with Nikki Haley, and there's just waffling. Democrats are all in on baby killing, all in. But Republicans need to toughen up. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to come up with something that people want and people like. Uh, I would love you to, first of all, you have to go with your heart, okay? You have to go with your heart first. Go with your heart, your mind, go with it. But you do also have to put in there a little bit. You have to win elections. But if it weren't for me with Roe v. Wade, you wouldn't even be talking about this. Up, You wouldn't be asking that question. because we're right back. I remember this. They're people. the radicals. We're not the radicals. Because they'll kill a baby. Remember right. I had the debate with crooked Hillary Clinton, which I don't call her crooked anymore. Use it now for Joe Biden, as you know. I call her beautiful Hillary. She's a beautiful woman. But, but in the debate with, with Hillary Clinton, I said, I said, you know. All right, he's going to go back a little bit to that stuff, but I want to get to the part. And you have a where, conversation with him. I want to get to the part where he talks about you got to compromise. Because this is something the left does not compromise on, but yet they're expecting us to compromise on it. I mean, that's what's ridiculous about this whole thing. They expect us, the, the, the leaders in the Republican Party, we are always the ones that have to compromise on every issue. We need a hard line stance on this, a unified stance, and you got to take your wins. You got to learn to win to say, hey, we won on this because American people are sick of this. The science is real. That's a baby in there. That's a bun in the oven. That's a baby. Mother. And of the conversation, can you imagine? But these are the radicals. We're not the radicals. We are not the radicals. But we're living in a time when there has to be a little bit of a concession one way or the other. And I think, uh, you know, I want to get I want to get it right. I have to get it right. 
But without what I did, you would never even be asking that question because there was no chance that that was going to happen for 54 years. Okay, he goes on and he's right. He was a big part of what happened with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, but that's not where it ends because giving it back to the states is fine. But if if you're proud of that victory, then you need to stand for life. You don't go out there and bash states that have put pro-life legislation in place. You're going to be the top of the ticket. You're going to lead. Chris Christie's off to the buffet. Never had a chance. He woke up one day and said, I don't have a chance. You never had a chance. Never did. He's gone. Uh, DeSantis will be gone after Iowa. Come back to Florida and govern our state where you belong. And Nikki Haley needs to go join CNN and be one of their contributors. Another milk toast Republican sitting there going along with all the liberal agenda. That's where she needs to go. Vivek Ramaswamy has been the golden light of all these Republican debates without Trump. Vivek Ramaswamy, Vivek has been fantastic. Said all the things that uh, true conservative, red-blooded Americans say. 100%. Vivek was a bright, shining light. He's a future in this party. And it's a shame that CNN didn't invite him to the debate. That's why I didn't watch it, because Vivek wasn't in it. (laughs) I love what he says. He is right spot on, and you can tell he believes it, and he doesn't waffle on issues. Trump is a politician now. He, he talks about other people. I mean, that was the most political answer to an honest question. The girl was like, well, you stand for life, and it's no. But who can blame Trump when he's facing so much court nonsense? It's absolutely ridiculous how much stuff that he's got to go through in the witch hunt. We had this great reporting earlier from a Fox News reporter that was in the courtroom a bombshell thing happened where uh, where Trump spoke out against the judge. Listen to the firsthand testimony. 20 minutes is actually one of the properties that former President Trump, his adult sons, and several Trump organization executives are accused of overvaluing to receive favorable bank loans. And we've talked a lot in the past day and this morning about the back and forth between Trump's lawyers and Justice Arthur Engeron when Trump wanted to speak in his own defense uh, for part of the closing arguments. And we thought that he wasn't going to be able to. And then that changed at the last minute. Trump lawyer Chris Kyes uh, asked the judge if Trump could speak. Uh, the judge asked Kyes, or asked, asked Trump, pardon me, uh, if he would follow the restrictions set in place. Trump didn't answer that question, but instead uh, immediately started speaking in his own defense, saying that he is the victim of fraud, uh, that he should be paid damages because of that. He called this a political persecution. At one point while he was speaking, the judge said that he had a one-minute warning, and Trump said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially, you know, can you listen for more than one minute? He said, this is a direct quote. Uh, when you say don't go outside of these things, talking about the restrictions, Trump said, I'm an innocent man, persecuted. I have to go outside the bans. Uh, so again, w- we did unexpectedly hear from former President Trump during those closing arguments. We've heard from him several times going in and out of the courtroom today, and we're expecting to hear more coming up in this news conference at 2.30. We'll send it back to you. All right, there you go. So that that is a firsthand testimony of in the courtroom where Trump's just simply trying to defend himself. That's all he's trying to do by saying this whole witch hunt. He was in New York. He was the toast of the town when he helped rebuild the city. The Roman, uh, the the Roman ice rink in Central Park, the uh, buildings, everything that he helped do, he was the toast of the town. But now, 
they have to get him out of the way because they have this Trump derangement syndrome that has just blinded them from reality. They think he's the devil. They call him Hitler. You've heard the Joe Biden commercials that says he's absolutely uh, the MAGA, him and the MAGA supporters are the enemies of America, the people who like the Constitution. It's unreal. Real quick, before we had to break and bring on our first guest, I got to show you the stuff with Hunter Biden, which was just remarkable how he just, he, he, he defies a subpoena, right? They put Bannon and everybody in shackles for defining a subpoena. But this guy skates free because the left has a pass and the Republicans are too weak to do anything about it. So they have this hearing where it was about Hunter Biden being in contempt and Hunter Biden and his team of lawyers show up and say, hey, we'll talk today. You don't go to Congress at a hearing and say, I want to talk today. There's subpoenas, there's time, there's prep, there's everything that has to be done. You just can't show up when you want to. And he tried to make a show out of it, but he made it look really bad. Ms. Green from Georgia for five minutes. Marjorie Taylor Green. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Excuse me, Hunter. Apparently you're afraid of my words. Uh, Here goes. (laughs) Oh. I'd like to reclaim my time, Mr. Chairman. Wow, that's too bad. (laughs) I think it's clear and obvious for everyone watching this hearing today that Hunter Biden is terrified of strong conservative Republican women because he can't even face my words as I was about to speak to him. What a coward. I believe that Hunter Biden should be held completely in contempt. I think he should be hauled off to jail right now because it wasn't long ago, too, my friends on the other side of the aisle, um, that you also believed in the the power of a congressional subpoena. Not long ago at all. You believed in holding those who refused to comply with a congressional subpoena accountable. First of all, if you don't know who that lady was uh, speaking, uh, we're very proud that she's from the state of uh, Florida, Representative Luna. And she is one of the four people we sent to Congress to help take the uh, take the House. We sent four brand new representatives to Washington to give the United States Congress the majority of the Congress to the Republican Party. We did that. She's one of our... Uh, uh, proud members of the state of Florida, and then Hunter hits the uh, hallway. Did you show up to test? Why did you show up? Why did you put your dad on speakerphone if he had nothing what? to do with your business? You put him on speakerphone multiple times to talk to your business partners. Why did you? Why did you do that? These live images right now, we we see Hunter Biden appearing at the Capitol. It was all for show. Just like everything with the Biden regime, it's all a production. From the fake sets to the background that looks like something out of dictator China ship, China, dictatorship from China, to the space kids and Kamala Harris, to the lowering of the staircase so Biden maybe won't trip. The odds are better if there's less staircases. Everything's a production, and the socialists are, purling, are, purling, are pulling the strings. We'll be back on the Map Buff Show. Lots more to come.
Sick and tired of smart guys. To celebrate the new year, we're having the biggest sale ever on overstock clearance and brand new products. For example, save 60% on our Goose Down comforters, the best comforters ever. They go perfectly with our MyPillow bed sheets and duvet covers. Save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels. They're made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Our initial quantities are extremely low, so get them now before they go. Our seasonal flannel sheets are finally in. You save up to 50% and they sell out fast every year, so order now. They're truly the best flannel sheets you'll ever sleep on. Or save up to 80% on all our clearance items. And this is where it gets even better. For a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all MyPillow products. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. It's time to convert and sell more with the best tools made for small, medium, and large businesses to grow online. With JJC Marketing Solutions, you can grow with do-it-yourself, easy website and funnel builder, or they will build it for you. More options at your fingertips with JJC Marketing Solutions. Not only do you get the best state-of-the-art website, but also comprehensive sales funnels, CRM tools, and powerful search engine optimization. No matter where you are, they can help you grow your business with affordable online marketing solutions. Get weekly reports, dashboard access, and full transparency to see how your keywords are growing. Start building your online presence today. JJCMarketingSolutions.com. That's JJCMarketingSolutions.com. Everybody wants cheap airfare, but where do you find it? You call low-cost airlines. That's right, call. That's the only way to get these rates. Experts are standing by 24-7 to get you the cheapest airfare and hotel rates available. Are you a public employee? Tired of paying union dues when inflation and gas prices are out of control? Opt out today and keep your money. Over 100,000 American workers already have, and you can too. Visit optouttoday.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Map Up Show. It is great to have you with us. Now, if you're scrolling around on sites, uh, main news sites, Stephen Fox, every site, there's a section and a warning about the new deadly COVID variant. There's even a, on, on the Gateway Pundit even, there's a thing about the uh, tridemic with the flu and this and that. I don't know. It, it's a sponsored section, so somebody slipped it in there on them. But there, it's it's called the election virus. That's what it is. Every time in an election year, here it comes. Time to hide. But the American people clearly aren't biting, uh, biting it. Biden. <laughs> They're not biting it. Even, uh, I mean, you go to the grocery store, there's less than 2% of people wearing masks anymore, but they're still out there heading into year four of this nonsense. We're going to go to our special guest on the Matt Buff show. Twyla Braze is on the show with us, and she's president and co-founder. CCHfreedom.org is where you go. Citizens Council for Health Freedom. Twyla, great to see you. Well, it's great to be on. Thank you so much. All right. So we're getting kind of fired up tonight because they're trying to do the same 2020 playbook. We can see it everywhere. Our, our viewers um, all over our platforms can go anywhere and look this stuff up. 
Nobody's been held accountable, by the way. This is another thing with the Republicans. Fauci is still running around. Nobody's been held accountable. And um, I definitely want everybody to check out your book, Big Brother in the Exam Room. I mean, we can tell stories about how COVID protocols killed people. But Twyla, I'll turn it over to you. What do you think about all this new attempted fear mongering by the media? Well, I don't think it's going to be very successful. And the reason that I say that is because all you have to do is look at how few people have decided to get the boosters. So it's really just a phenomenally small amount. And I think the fear is out there. The real fear that has come from the stories of people falling over, dying, the, the um, cardiac arrest, the myocarditis of the young, uh, the deaths, the unexpected sudden deaths, all the excess deaths. So I think there's a lot of scary things related to COVID, but the virus is not one of one of them for most people. I mean, it still is for some people, but you know, it's the it's the the shot that's scary. It's the fact that we have learned that Pfizer used a different process to manufacture the shot than the one the FDA approved, or the fact that 70 colleges still say you have to have this shot in order to get an education. You know, there the and then you know something that's happening sort of under the radar for the American people is that the doctors that have chosen to or had chosen to give ivermectin life-saving repurposed medications as safe as they can come. I mean, I could tell you stories of a woman who took 400 pills and she's in the university today, right? So this is a very safe medication, but they're still being persecuted. They're still being pursued. They're still being threatened with delicensure. And so this this is the where the real fear is. What happened to this country, and how those big uh, government folks still want to control everything that we do and all our doctors? Yes, indeed. We're going to talk more about this, but I want to jump to another topic too, which is Medicare. Um, when you have uh, a, a horrific economy with inflation and high prices, more and more people jump onto Medicaid. And people don't understand the relationship between Medicare and Medicaid, Medicare Advantage and things like that. And the Democrats really want to take control over what's happening on the Advantage side of things. But talk about Medicare, how because of policies that break the backs of American peoples, it could actually destroy a system that was built for something you paid into for your whole life. Well, it's interesting that the system actually was started by the um, the labor unions really wanted to have national health care. Truman wanted to have national health care. And then when uh, Lincoln, not Lincoln, sorry, not Lincoln, uh, JFK decided he was against national health care and then he died. And Johnson pushed it forward on behalf of the martyred president. So it's just a ruse you know, from the start. And so this whole Medicare program is really meant to bring us to a national health insurance Pro, uh, program across this country meant to take away all the freedom of doctors, all the freedom of patients, all the control over our own dollars. Uh, it's just that most people who are in Medicare and most people who aren't don't look at it that way. They don't know the history. They don't know where it's going. They don't know all the denials from Medicare Advantage. Medicare Advantage plans are riff with denials. I mean, they, they uh, here's a statistic from the government itself that when they, they deny people, uh, if those people appeal, 75% of the time, the health plan, that's a med, uh, Medicare Advantage health plan, the health plan will overturn their own decision. 
But unfortunately, only 1% of the time do does anyone appeal because, of course, they're sick. It's too complicated. They don't know what to do. Uh, their life, you know, they're, they're dying, whatever it is, right? So this is just a tragedy. And uh, people who are at the Medicare age should really not ever consider going into Medicare Advantage, but should go into med original Medicare, which isn't good either. But at least it's more likely you'll be able to save your life. Well, that's very interesting because there's advantage, there's supplements, there's everything else. But when it comes to the private market, it just seems like the less government, the better with any situation, with any kind of product, pizza, for example, becomes better and more affordable when there's more than just Pizza Hut. So when it comes to this, um, not just Medicare Advantage, but Medicare and supplements and the prescription drug plans, all that stuff, it's just the more government, the more damaged it, be, it becomes. I think that your listeners should think about it this way. When you turn 65, you're suddenly in this class. It's like you suddenly become senior. You suddenly become elderly. The day before, you weren't. Now you're on the government dole. Now the government gets uh, to care about everything that you do in your life uh, every cost that you uh, ch are charged to the government because of you, suddenly it's like you are you are claimed by the government for them to decide what to do. This is as un-American as it comes. And people need to understand that Medicare is not there for the good of people, but actually to take us to a whole system where other people will decide when we live and when we die. And to actually take that all the way down to infancy, from the elderly to the infants. That's where this is all going. So I want you to make the last point on this. Medicare for all, which you hear politicians talk about, is a government socialist style Medicaid uh, for everyone. Absolutely. And the thing about this is that Medicare is really taking command and control of the doctors. And they're doing it particularly through Medicare Advantage, but also through the electronic health record, which is why I wrote the book, Big Brother in the Exam Room, The Dangerous Truth About Electronic Health Records. Now, we are going to be coming out with a Medicare handbook for Americans, and it's going to be really important. It's not the kind of thing you're going to get from any kind of an agent, although that kind of stuff will be in there too, but it's the things that you don't know. It's the traps that you need to prepare for. So I expect in about two months, we'll have that out. Okay. Where can people go to see all this? So they can go to cchfreedom.org, cchfreedom.org. But again, the handbook is not out, but access to the book is there. And as well as you can get access, you know, on, it's on Amazon. It's in its third printing and it's gotten eight awards because the judges really liked it. So it's, it's, uh, it's a good book. It's a good history of what has happened. Now, the left says medical freedom means killing a baby. <clears throat> I want to make it very clear when I was talking about abortion in the first segment and how we need to be stronger against it. I'm for medical freedom for your own body. When it comes to killing someone else, I think that's wrong. I think there's a difference. Well, there's yes, there's definitely a difference. I will say that our organization... Uh, does not deal with the abortion issue because there are others that who are there to do that. However, if uh, in this country, like the Clintons planned, the Clintons actually planned in one of the first iterations of their uh, their national health care bill, they actually planned that if they found out that you had a child in utero that was handicapped or disabled or could you know come out 
whatever, and with some kind of handicap, right, that you were going to be offered an abortion for $10 or told that there would be nothing, no care for your child upon its birth. This was something that the, I think it was the Family Research Council had put out about one of the first iterations of the bill. So that just shows you, you know, what they think about, uh, about that issue. Yeah, that's just, it's just backwards and, and just remarkable. That was the Clinton initiative. I remember uh, Hillary, when she was running the country in the 90s, that was one of her big agendas. And it was pretty, pretty remarkable. And they've, they've made progress, but we did overturn Roe v. Wade, which is good. Talk about, and the last point I want to talk with you about is the COVID protocols. I mean, it was really detrimental. We've had people on the show, their, their family members were killed in hospitals. Um, the protocols when it came to health freedom, it just, it was one size fits all. And in the world of medicine, one size does not fit all. No. And I will just, I'll just say here for anyone still concerned about COVID that we did put out a uh, COVID-19 quick reference guide, which has been downloaded nearly 150,000 times on our website alone. And, you know, talk about, uh, about what really worked and what didn't and how to be prepared. But the problem with the protocols, of course, uh, what people don't understand is that about 70 to 75% of the doctors in this country are employees. They do not have a private shingle. They're not out there being independent. Uh, and so whether or not they can pay their medical school bills, whether or not they can you know, put their children through college will all depend upon whether or not they have a job. So this, this kind of commandeering of the profession, not only, not only through the purchase of practices by corporations, but also by the electronic health record, Really, those doctors probably couldn't find ivermectin in the electronic health record. I know of one doctor who said that when she was using it, she had discovered that this was really useful. And then they, they took it out of the hospital. It could not be ordered from the pharmacy. It was stripped out of the pharmacy. And so, you know, this is the kind of control over the doctors. And it's really uh, able to be imposed because of the electronic health record. And because the electronic health record lets every doctor and every patient be tracked. And I'm just, I'm thinking about your listeners right now. They're going, but what about HIPAA? And so here's my news. <laughs> and you can find it in the book in the fourth section, because I just have to disabuse the American people of the idea that HIPAA has anything to do with protecting your privacy. It's actually considered a permissive disclosure rule. And if you read the Notice of Privacy Practices, which I encourage you not to sign, but if you read the notice, you will see that it tells all the ways that they get to share your data without your consent. This was all a big ruse to get control of what happens in the exam room by the government and by the corporations. Ah, just remarkable. Everybody check out CCH. Um, freedom.org and and make sure you get all those resor uh, resources and make sure you get the book too because big brother in the uh emer in the emergency room <laughs> right? exam room exam room. Exam room big brother big brother in the exam room i mean they talked about this in the book 1984 big yeah, brothers yeah. coming after you well big brothers here now Yes, and they're is. disguised as unions and they're disguised as <laughs> they're disguised as politicians <laughs> But when we got the government and health thing, it's just remarkable. Remember when Joe Biden wanted to make sure every employee that worked at a corporation had the shot before they can come to work? He should have been he should have been fired for that. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, politics is a, it's a strange and off, often awful place. There are very good politicians. There are very good things. Um, but, uh, but it's difficult. You know, we're trying to get people an escape route out of Medicare. It's insolvent in eight years. Do people understand it? Eight years. And yet there are 65 million people today who depend on it. So it's just running out of money left and right, and it's just going to become one big rationing machine. Now, I did want to say, because I know our time is limited, but I just wanted to say I am coming to Florida. I know you do a lot of uh, broadcasting in Florida, and I'm going to give some presentations in the Sarasota area in the middle of February. So if anybody comes to meet, wants to come and meet or have me sign a book, love to have you. Well, we'd love to set up and, and do some interviews there. That would be fun. Oh, when good. you uh, when you do that, so we'll get with you on that. But um, I, I I just just on your point, when people pay into, I mean, they're paying into Medicare, right? That that it, when you see that FICA and Medicare, that's not really going to Medicare. Sometimes is it? So it's going to Medicare. So it is going to Medicare. But what you don't realize, and people will often say, "But I paid for Medicare. I deserve Medicare." You've really only paid about a third of what you are going to use the, for the rest of your life. You have paid very, very, very little. Just look at your social security statement and see how little you have actually paid in and think of one medical bill and you'll realize how you haven't paid at all. And so it's, it is, it's just running out of money and people have to understand that. So final thing, because on that point, people are going to say, well, so what should we do? Yes. <laughs> well, first of all, go tell your members of Congress to sign on to the Retirement Freedom Act. We got an executive order from Trump in 2019 to actually let you have your Social Security benefits, even though you wouldn't enroll in Medicare. The Clintons tied those two together. No law, no rule, nothing, just wrong, right? And so the Retirement Freedom Act, which is going to be authored by Cruz and by um, Gary Palmer in Alabama, will do the very same thing, let you escape Medicare. We'll build an entire market of real insurance outside of Medicare. And, and that's what people need. They need real insurance. They don't need Medicare. Wow, we'll follow up on that. Very good stuff. Twyla Brace on the Matt Buff Show. Everybody check out her book and the website. Once again, go ahead and give where they can find the book and the, and the website. Go ahead and give all that again. They can find the book at Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Just order it, Big Brother in the Exam Room. Um, and then they can go online at cchfreedom.org and they can sign up and subscribe and we'll let everyone know when the Medicare handbook is out. Okay, very good. That'll be something we can look forward to. That will be fantastic. Twyla, thank you so much. God bless you. Keep up the good thank work. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. You got it. All right. We'll be back on the Matt Buff Show, Freedom Foundation. We got a lot of crazy news going on next. You guys stay with us. Sick and tired of smart guys. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm here to tell you about my new product from my pillow, towels that actually work. Watch this absorbency test. Here's another towel that we randomly went out and bought. Here's one of my towels with the nice design. I don't know if you can see this, but you could line a swimming pool with this. I mean, this is crazy. Get rid of it. Towels that actually work. 
What a concept. I'm interrupting this commercial to let you know you can get our six-piece My Towels, regular $69.98, now only $29.98. Or you can save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Also, we have bath sheets, bath towels, washcloths, hand towels, and so much more. And the best part, with your promo code, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all my towels. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. Imagine, this is your money, and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money, and they can take it, all of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now. Cost of living is skyrocketing and paychecks just can't keep up. But if you're lucky enough to be a public employee, you can give yourself a raise. Visit optouttoday.com and stop paying union dues. We've helped over 100,000 public employees just like you opt out and save an average of $1,000 per year. Opt out today and put more food, fuel, and fun back into your life. It's your money. You earned it. Visit optouttoday.com. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. It is great to have you with us. Make sure to check out thebuffshow.com and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Follow us on Getter. Follow us on Twitter, Twitch. Follow us on Facebook. Yeah, we still are on there. The Patriot Podcast Network and thebuffshow.com. It's all great stuff. And you guys got to check out optouttoday.com, which is where you go. If you want to get out from under the teacher union, there's plenty of resources and information there. And freedomfoundation.com, where there's always breaking news and great information. Ashley Varner, Freedom Foundation, VP of Communication and Buff Show favorite. Great to see you, Ashley. Matt, I feel like it's been so long since I've seen you. Happy New Year. It's so good to be back. Now, Happy New Year to you, too. I haven't seen you since 2023. It's been so long. It's been so long. Uh, (laughs) Always good to come on. Um, I just love your audience and um, just thank you for just being such a great partner. I'm looking forward to a wonderful 2024 and a lot more updates to bring you over the course of the year. Yeah, we're going to have a great year with Freedom Foundation. If you guys missed it, last week we had Maxford Nelson on, who it's just an amazing story because he was doing prep for the show, right, for an interview and so he went to the OMB website, right, to take a look at what um, government employees were doing with their time when it came to union activities, which are not part of their government duties. And based on his research he was doing for the show, he opened up a whole can of worms and a whole nother story. And it actually picked up in Congress by Marsha Blackburn to say these guys are abusing the time clock by doing union activities. And if you guys missed that, go to the buffshow.com search freedom foundation latest, and you'll see that whole expose. Ashley, I was floored by what he had to say. You know, what's so funny. This is how Max uncovers all kinds of things and God bless Max for Nelson. He loves to just research. 
He'll just get an idea and he'll go start looking up something. And as you pull a thread, then another thread comes and you keep pulling. And then we have all of these reports. He just got an idea. If you remember a couple of years ago, I wonder if any labor unions uh, received PPP funds for COVID protection yeah, that were remember that. to private businesses <laughs> to keep them afloat. You know, he just got an idea, researched it, found out there was over $30 million that went to government employee unions that they were not eligible for at all. This happens with Max all the time. And so I just love it when he gets a thought in his head or just goes to a website. You never know what you're going to get with Max and it's great. Well, we know on this particular topic that we talked about, he's got legis there's pending legislation signed by 10 powerful senators and it's got the link to his article on Freedom Foundation on the letter that they all signed. So it's it's really great what you guys are doing because you're making moves that impact people's lives. Yeah, and what's funny is we weren't expecting the letter to come out when it did. Like he didn't know that it was coming. So we were thinking of, oh, well, wait until we get through the Christmas holiday to, you know, post this on the website. And then Senator Blackburn comes out with this letter and it's like, oh, wow, Max, you've got our attention. And we didn't even know. That's just, it, it's wonderful how things work, but it does go to show you that the Freedom Foundation work and, and particularly the work that Max does, it does get notice of people in Congress people who are trying to be watchdogs and good government watchdogs because we are exposing union corruption all over the place. And this whole union official time, it's its not something people know all that much about. Again, I, I agree with you. Go look at the uh, interview last week, but it is infuriating how much taxpayer dollars are spent actually funding the work of unions because these federal government employees get paid during their daily salaries to just do the bidding of the government employee union. So they're politicking essentially on the government dime and the government dime is yours and mine. Yes, it is. And now they have a whole regime in Washington, the, the public sector unions, the teachers unions that they're, they're bloated. They're getting bigger than ever and bloated and getting more, uh, confident because they have somebody that's going to say, you know what, we'll listen to your bidding. We're going to talk about a couple stories for an example. In case you don't believe us, New York Teachers Union outlines 2024 legislative, pro uh, um, legislative priorities. This is remarkable. When you go through this, it's just more of the same. They want to take a look at the root cause of education inequalities. When you hear the left talk about root causes, that means they just want to implement some sort of DEI for something that none of us had anything to do with 200 years ago. <laughs> I think that we need to retire the whole root cause thing. Every time Kamala yeah. Harris said it, I just wanted to throw up at the end of her whole root causes thing. By the way, she never got to the root causes for whatever's going on at the border. Never no, really never talked did. more about the root causes. So, yeah, I took note of that. The, the root cause of education inequality, they want to say it's poverty. No, that didn't stop Clarence Thomas from becoming what he was. That didn't right. stop Ben Carson from becoming an amazing surgeon and a well-renowned, world-renowned doctor. The root causes are failed education systems that the teachers unions fight to protect every single legislative session. They don't wanna be held accountable. They don't wanna to have to show progress 
They don't want to have to explain bad test scores that are at the lowest they've been in 30 years. The teachers unions are focusing on, I believe the teachers union, I took a note here, said calling for the expansion of uh, food, healthcare, and housing benefits. And this segues perfectly with your previous guest because she said the government wants to control you from cradle to the grave. And yeah. she's talking about the older generation sect of where the government controls you. We're, with the teachers unions, we're talking about them getting you younger and younger and younger. Why do you think that we had to go to you know mandatory all day kindergarten? When I was still in kindergarten, it was half day. You know, that wasn't all that long ago. We're not going to talk about our ages here, Matt, but it wasn't that long ago that no. it was not mandatory that you put your kid on the school bus at five years old and he's away from you for eight hours a day. But they made that mandatory in, I think, most states, if not all now. Now they're trying to make universal preschool because they want to get the kids away from their parents at three and four years old so that they can be under the care and guidance of the teachers union led curricula earlier and earlier. And now we have two generations of Americans, at least you and I are Gen Xers, but the last two generations of Americans don't understand their history. They don't appreciate American exceptionalism. And now they're the ones on college campuses, you know, destroying things and holding up Hamas flags, you know, oh, wh where do we think this is going? It's because we've given our kids over. We trusted the teacher with the apple on the desk for a long time because we thought we could. And, and the vast majority of teachers still go into teaching because they want to educate the next generation. But we have this forced curriculum that is indoctrination, not education. Yeah, that's right. And the reason they went from half day to full day, because you need 40 hours a week to really, truly indoctrinate somebody. You can't do that's it in 20 true. hours because they right, go home but, and then they get their parents input and the parents input is something not acceptive. Yeah. And, and final push uh, on this article, um, what they want to do in New York, it, it's just remarkable. The legislation to control the temperature in the classroom. We need money to turn up the thermostat. Also, they want a doctor on call, not police, not a policeman out front. We need a doctor so they can give them the COVID shots. Well, I also am old enough to remember when you had to have a note from your parent to take aspirin, but now they're they're giving co or forcing COVID shots or they're giving uh, puberty blockers or they're giving yeah, you not, you know, your gender. All of, the, mm -hmm, all of the gender stuff they're doing without the parents' knowledge, but. I, I remember when my mother had to say, yes, she can have ibuprofen, so. Yes, indeed. Now we saw a leader in Canada of the LGBT movement um, arrested for child pornography. Uh, these people are sick. Now we have lawsuit alleging CCSD teachers union protect employees of accused of sexual misconduct. I mean, so what this teachers union was doing this is Clark County School District in Las Vegas. Okay, we're going over to Las Vegas here. They were protecting teachers who were accused of sexual assault with the union due money. That's what they were using it for. And it's remarkable. So now there's a lawsuit to say, hey, you can't do that. We got to let this thing play out in court. Yeah, and what they were doing, Matt, was they were saying, it's, you haven't been charged or you haven't been uh, found guilty of a crime 
but there's an allegation. So we're going to sweep this under the rug. It doesn't have to be put on the teacher's permanent record. And we're just going to ship you off to a new school. And the person highlighted in this article, his name is Daryl Lancaster. And he was shipped around to eight different schools in 20 years. At some point, or at what point, we should ask, do you start thinking maybe the allegations should prevent this man from just being shipped off to another school because cover-ups put kids in danger. They really do. They, they remove, if they're convicted of a crime, they're removed after three years. From it's from it's removed from their record, not they're removed, they stay, but it's removed from the re record. So, when you talked about how we went to all these different schools, these eight different schools, it's because they didn't see it, they didn't see that stuff on his record because it was removed in a very short time. Well, yeah, and and oftentimes you don't even have all that much time to do a full investigation before they're either swept under the rug and shipped off somewhere else to another school. Or, uh, you know, they make some sort of deal. But the fact of the matter is teachers unions, the good teachers, the, the high performing teachers, they don't need the teachers unions to protect them. They will be they will be able to get a job anywhere they want. And they could probably even negotiate for better terms than what the teachers union gives them. The good, solid teachers don't need protection from the teachers unions. The teachers unions have to scare those teachers into thinking they'll lose any and all benefits if they don't sign over part of their paycheck so that the unions can protect the bad apples like this guy, eight schools in 20 years because of sexual allegations. Yeah, that's right. And this teacher Lancaster was allowed to remain in the classroom and then uh, that the abuse of his client continued to go unchecked. And now on November 27th, he was, um, he pleaded guilty, which means he did it to attempt lewdness with a child and, distrib and distribute visual representation depicting sexual misconduct. And he was originally charged with multiple counts of lewdness with a child, producing child porn and luring a minor, uh, minor. Here's the thing about it. The school district declined to comment on the lawsuit, citing pending litigation. The teachers union hasn't even responded at all. The, the people that were protecting him put children in danger and more and more kids were harmed because of this cover-up. And it's because they want to protect these kinds of teachers who know that they need the union protection. They can't make it on their own, not like the good teachers. They need the protection of the union, so they're going to keep paying those dues, and the teachers' union wants to keep those people dependent upon their protection so that they keep getting that money. It's all about the Benjamins. It, it really is. And power. It's yes. just remarkable. Now, speaking of power, though, we're saving the best for last here. This story, Ron DeSantis law pushes United Teachers of Dade Union to brink of extinction. Um, it's pretty remarkable. This is something Freedom Foundation was very instrumental in getting this legislation passed here in 40, uh, um, um, with, with uh, Ron DeSantis and, and what and, and what the bill was that we were talking about for so many weeks on the show. But um, this union that represents 25,000 Miami school workers has suddenly found itself scrambling survival after four, 50 years at the helm. The deadline, the deadline is up. <laughs> you didn't get the signatures. That's right. And and our very own Rusty Brown, I know he's been on a lot. He was on the ground in Tallahassee. Oh my goodness. I we would have 
regular calls to check in and I would just say, when is your wife going to see you next? And he said, I don't know. But he was here, well, there. He was in Tallahassee. He was working with the legislature, uh, working with the governor's office to get SB 256 passed. And that wasn't just for teachers unions. It was for all government employees in the state of Florida. They have to prove that for their bargaining district, they have 60% of paying supportive members. But the thing is, Miami-Dade Teachers Union couldn't do it. The United Teachers of Dade. They couldn't do it. They couldn't get 60% by the November deadline. They went into um, an audit and in December, they actually had to say, yeah, we didn't get it. So now they go to recertification. So now they're trying to sign up enough people. They have to get 30% of the teachers in the United Teachers of Dade District, the Miami-Dade District. They have to get 30% of the teachers there to sign cards saying they're interested. So as you know, the Freedom Foundation helped set up the Miami-Dade Education Coalition. Independent, apolitical, the do stay in their district. They don't wanna spend any money on politics. And actually that means that their dues are gonna be cut in half if they just want representation that only talks about workplace issues. Uh, we are working with them. I tell you what, we're getting momentum there for the MDEC. And if you want to go check that out, it's uh, educatemiami.org, I believe is the website there, educatemiami.org. It's the competing teachers union. But think about this, Matt, Miami-Dade, is the third largest district in the country, I believe, school district behind New York and Los Angeles. Um, we're actually gonna let Chicago and Miami-Dade duke it out because both of them have claimed at different times to be the third largest. Uh, but the third largest teachers union could not prove 60% of support. That has struck fear across the country. And I know you know that Randy Weingarten is spitting angry over this. And anytime I know that Randy Weingarten is spitting angry, that makes me smile. That means we're doing good by the American people. If she's unhappy, yes. that means we're doing the right thing. Great yes. job, Ashley. You guys are making moves and doing so much. And I can't wait for the news in 2024 with our with the Freedom Foundation litigation and all the potential Supreme Court um, cases that they may be a part of. So it's going to be fantastic. I want everybody to check out freedomfoundation.com. A lot of this stuff we're talking about today and all the articles and everything is all there on the website. Ashley Varner, God bless you. Thanks for being a great partner on the show. Thank you, Matt. Go Chiefs. Happy New Year. Yeah, did my son, real quick, my son's going to that game. It's oh, going to be sorry. negative 15. He's taken two friends that have never seen snow before, and it might be the coldest game on record in NFL history. <laughs> you know who on the Dolphins knows how to run in the Kansas City cold, and that's Tyreek Hill. That's Cheetah. All that you do is throw it up. Him down. Yeah, it's going to be a heck of a game, but I just I feel cold just thinking about that game. <laughs> well, you're at least, you've been used to it, at least within the last few years. But yeah, I I guess I need to say a prayer for your son and his friends. <laughs> They're going to be shocked. They decided not to drive. They decided to fly because the car might just freeze over. <laughs> yeah, and I think we're expecting six more inches overnight uh, into Friday. So Wow, remarkable. Final prediction on the score. Oh, goodness. I haven't thought about the score. I do think it's going to be a close game. I think that the Chiefs are going to pull it out. But, you know, 
uh, Taylor Swift. Haven't even talked about her in a while, but I, I just, <laughs> I don't want any distractions. We don't need any distractions, but I think it's going to probably come to within a field goal. I think so too. I'm looking at a low scoring, like 24 to 20 kind of thing. And Taylor Swift canceled her box seat. I don't think she'll be there because it's too damn cold. Well, I don't think she's <laughs> happy about the joke made about her at the Golden Globes either. So, yeah, but it was a good, it wasn't bad. I mean, yeah, she was upset about it, but it, it, the, the, the joke was delivered poorly. And it pissed her off. So the whole yeah. the whole Golden Globes was a complete and utter failure of attempted comedy. It was just a disaster. Unfortunately, Taylor Swift is the only thing I know about the Golden Globes. I didn't watch it. I haven't in years. So that's a blessing. That, that that's all you know. <laughs> that's a blessing. All right. Very good. We'll see you next time. Sounds good, Matt. Thank you. You got it. God bless you. Ashley Varner, everybody check out freedomfoundation.com. Remarkable movement with that story with Max last week about how the senators are moving forward on that bill. You can't clock in and do other stuff besides the job you're sent there to do, but maybe it's good because they're not sitting there destroying the country. Who knows? We'll be back on the Matt Buff Show. You guys stay with us. Sick and tired of smart guys. Has your heater busted? Computer crashed? Appliance broken? Then you need ARW Home. Life's been pretty worry-free since I got coverage with ARW Home. Don't waste thousands of dollars on air conditioning, appliance repair, and replacements. Save that money with ARW Home. Protection plans that cover household appliances, systems, and electronics. My air conditioning broke on a Sunday. I called ARW, and they came out and fixed it right away get your free quote today call or go to arwhome.com now looks like you've been sleeping well megan he's back the my pillow guy and you're looking good still feeling good well just when you thought it couldn't get any better we've got the best pillow ever my pillow 2.0 <gasps> When I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My Pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My Pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow. Now's the time to go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code to save 50% on your MyPillow 2.0. Not only that, for a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. MyPillow.com. Are you a public employee? Tired of paying union dues when inflation and gas prices are out of control? Opt out today and keep your money. Over 100,000 American workers already have, and you can too. Visit optouttoday.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Mapo Show. Rocking along, we have one banger segment left, and this is a fun one. One of the most awarded books in fiction, the Britfield and the Lost Crown series, is transforming literature and education while bringing encouragement to children and families worldwide. Let's go over to one of uh, the creators and authors, and they're the books behind him. He's the author of the entire series. Chad Stewart is here on the Matt Buff Show. People are excited about this, Chad. Great to see you. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Everybody thinks we're all doom and gloom here, but this is fun. This is yeah. exciting, and this is encouragement to children. 
Talk about the success you've seen with the books and uh, what people can expect next. Yeah, it's exciting. We uh, officially launched August 2019, book one, Britfield Lost Crown. Since then, it's become a national bestseller, one of the most awarded books in fiction, as you said. Launched book two in uh, July of 2022. And then uh, book three, which is behind me, Britfield and the Return of the Prince uh, last year. So it's a seven book series uh, that covers the world. Book one's in England, book two's in France, book three's in uh, Italy. Book four I'm working on right now, almost done. It takes place in Eastern Europe and Russia. Book five is Asia, book six is South America, and book seven is the United States. And I think what's uh, having not only national, but global impact with this series is number one, it's based in current time. So it's not this post-apocalyptic world. It's not futuristic. We don't use witchcraft, demigods, superheroes, occultism, all this sort of heightened fantasy and nonsense that's saturating the market. So you have real authentic book, books that are based on family values. And it's really based on family, friendship, loyalty, courage, faith, and hope. And as children are reading it, as adults are reading it, they're learning about history, geography, art, architecture, and culture. And then we're hitting the four C's, creativity, critical thinking, and communication and collaboration. And I don't, I don't think there's a series like it on the market. I don't think there's been one in literature. So uh, we're excited. I mean, really through the Britfield series, we're, we're trying to impact um, the schools. We're already in thousands of schools across the nation. We're being taught in hundreds of schools across the nation. Um, we're going global this year. We're just about to sign with a British distributor. So Britfield's going to be all through Britain, all the libraries, bookstores, and then um, uh, and then one for uh, the United States in June, and that'll get us into the rest of the libraries and the rest of the schools. So it's it's very exciting. Our youngest reader is seven. Our oldest reader is 93, 55% of our reading audience are adults. And we I get daily feedback from parents, from teachers, from librarians, literally across the world, Brazil, Japan, Italy, um, Canada, uh, South America, uh, it's uh, England, Australia, I mean, all over. And so it's um, it's exciting. We're working on the first of seven major motion pictures. This is the movie script, our finished third nice. draft. We're moving into pre-production um, in the spring. And um, and the movie will officially be launched if all goes well, uh, November or December of 2025, which we anticipate being one of the highest grossing films in cinematic history. So, Wow, that's a remarkable. Some other highlights is there's a play, a theatrical play starting next month. We talked about the distri uh, distribution and the distributors, about how it went global, but also um, the foreign rights in England, France, Italy, Japan, South Korea, and Brazil. The television series is in development, the board game, and then, of course, the the uh, fourth book, August 2024. Correct. Yeah, that's great. It's a great yeah, the theater play was fun. Uh, it was suggested to me by uh, one of the schools. So I did a, uh, when we kicked off in 2019, August, we did, I did a 9,000 mile um, tour driving around the nation and visited 23 states, presented to over 200 schools in front of more than 40,000 students. Um, everything from a small library of 80 kids to, um, to huge auditoriums of four or 500 students, four through eight, private, public, Christian, Catholic, uh, charter, homeschool, you name it. It was incredible. And I was really there just to um, inspire the kids, not just about the book series, but talk about creativity, the importance of creativity, storytelling, and uh, the importance of uh, individuality and, and your own individual talent, uh, really going against, you know, the current um, educational thing that you, you were talking about previously. And so um, our beachhead has always been the, been the uh, middle school and elementary. Um, and we're really, our investment is in the future of, 
this generation, next generation's children. But yeah, so we uh, we launched the um, theatrical play last year to great success. I took the 484-page uh, uh, book, book one, Ritfield and Lost Crown, takes place in England, and turned it into a 90-minute two-act play, specifically for uh, elementary, middle schools, and even high schools, because I was trying to bring, again, quality content back into the schools, get away, get, get rid of all this nonsense, 90% of it saturated with musicals, which alienates 80 to 90% of kids that want to go for theater. And then again, you sort of have the, the magic, Aladdin Jr., you have Frozen. Again, it's all this mysticism. So to bring in a great, heartfelt, family-focused story takes place in a different country. We have speaking roles for every 30 students and um, sound effects, digital slides. It's, it's an incredible production. So we launched it um, actually last year globally and then are pushing it out this year. So. Yeah, that's fantastic that that's doing so well. Talk about character development. I, I love how you put together the um, algorithm to make a good book, but talk about some of the characters and what they meant to you and how personal some of the characters are to people you may have known in your life. No, I love that. And uh, one of the big questions I get is, you know, how do I create my characters? And, and uh, most of the characters in Britfield and Lost Crown, specifically book one and even book two, are based on people. Um, that I know or um, have been impacted by. I know that Professor Hainsworth, he's in book one, he's an Oxford professor, and um, he was prof he was based on a couple of professors I had at uh, Brown University, it was my undergraduate in British, British literature, European history. Um, Sarah's actually based on someone that I knew and, and uh, had met in uh, England. Um, I think Tom's a hybrid of, of a couple of people, but I think there's a lot of him and me, you know? His, yeah. uh, he's got a good heart and, and he's got some dry humor. And then um, Detective Gowerstone was kind of a, a combination of James Bond and Sherlock Holmes, which is kind of fun, you know, very smooth, very cool, always thinking steps ahead. Um, and then some of the other characters are based on, you know, actors that I really like, um, so uh, that I've seen or that I've grown up with. And it's sort of that image of them, not necessarily, you know, their background, but just their image and, and their persona. And when I'm writing the story, it comes to mind. I don't need to think about what the actor would say. You're in the characters you're writing. And the character speaks for himself. So um, very important. And it's interesting, too, because it's like now as I'm on book four, it's one thing to be writing a di like Dickens. He writes, you know, Great Expectations, David Copperfield, different books, different subjects. But to continue this series and to keep the threads and try to bring in some of the other you know, previous actors and then build on the actors that you have, like Tom and Sarah, they're the main characters. They go from 12 to 13 to 14 to 15, which is a lot of fun. And then um, new characters. You know, you have, like I know in book four, I'm balancing about 15 yeah, different uh, characters now. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is that is just remarkable to hear. And book four, you said, is coming out or you're still in production on that? Yeah. Book four will be launched in uh, September of this year. Great anticipation already building. Um, it's in Eastern Europe and Russia. Starts in um, uh, Vienna. Uh, what's kind of neat is like for, for book one, two and three, you have a separate country. Book one is in England. Tom and Sarah are 12. Book two is France. That's uh, 474 pages. The main characters are now 13, which again, in, in children's age, that's like a decade. And then book three, uh, Britfield in the, in the Return of the Prince is in Italy. And Thomas are now 14. That's 575 pages. I'm doing now with the next four books, I'm going to keep them right around 450. And I will be doing multiple countries, which is a lot of fun too. So book one starts in uh, Vienna, Austria, and then it moves its way up to Prague, which is a incredible scene there in Prague. And then it goes to uh, Krakow and Warsaw, Poland, Berlin, uh, the Baltic, 
Estonia, other parts of Eastern Europe, and then St. Petersburg and Moscow, Russia. And so just wow. really, really cool. So as I'm writing these books, I'm doing a ton of research all the time. Every day that I'm writing, I'm on the net, you know, doing research, looking at maps, looking at distances, looking at history, looking at pictures, describing that, bringing it into the stories, and just making them as real and authentic as possible. And what's nice, and you would appreciate this for your reading audience, is that I do thread, I do thread through them um, some of the current events that are happening. I remember when book two, Britfield um, and the Rise of the Lion came out, people were like, oh, my gosh, like, what are you, prophetic? Because I was talking about a lot of stuff that's happening right now. But again, like yourself, I do my research, have been for over 12 years. And so it's kind of a nice thing that it threads in because it goes along with this royal conspiracy, Britfield, you know, who are they? How's Tom, the main character, related to it? And uh, I know in book four, we're talking about one world digital currency and bringing in all this stuff with technology, D-Wave computers. And it's a nice background thread. Um, meanwhile, it's a fast-paced adventure series that, that you know, people love. So That's great. I'm going to read some of the reviews from people. Okay. Somebody said, sort of a modern-day Dickens melded with Indiana Jones. I think any adventure-loving child would love this. Another person, wow, what a page-turner. I got in trouble a few times for reading too long when I should have been working. Love the uh, characters and all the miracles they had to escape over and over. This the helpful people they met were really great. Can't hardly wait for the movie to show my husband, who I guess doesn't like to read. Just wait, go. <laughs> it sounds uh, like my husband, right? That's okay. Just wait for the movie. <laughs> oh, I love it. Those are those are great reviews. It's funny. I, just last week, I got a, um, a feedback from a sixty-eight-year-old woman in Canada. It said someone recommended the book to her and she absolutely loved it and was thanking me for writing, if you will, good family focused, wholesome stories that were fun to read. And I was just talking with someone uh, the other day and doing an interview yesterday. And, and I think what's great about the series is much like C.S. Lewis. And there was a great quote from the um, Epoch Times that said uh, it's a combination of uh, C.S. Lewis and Dan Brown. I like that one. Um, but Lewis, Lewis was really writing his Narnia for adults, you know what I mean? And, and my, my, my audience has always been, you know, that sort of middle school young adult. But I'm saying as an adult, I'm really trying to write stories for yourself that you would, you would read and love. And it takes you back to that wonderment of childhood and growing up and what that was like. And we, we, we've all been there. And I think we need to return to it every now and then. And the books that influenced us, you know, for me, it was James and the Giant Peach, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, the Narnia series, Charles yeah. Dickens, you know, Great Expectations, some of my favorites. Um, and then and then some of the movies that influenced me when I was younger in the 70s, you know, James Bond, you know, Moonraker, The Spy Who Loved Me. I mean, all this is like really in my books. All that passion and excitement and love is in my, in these stories. So, Yeah, that's remarkable. Those two comments I read, that was over hundreds of them. There's hundreds of them on there. So where I know they can go to Amazon anywhere books are sold. But the website to get information and updates. Yeah, our Britfield.com uh, website is a great place to go. I'm still signing books. So if you actually purchase um, books through the Britfield.com website, um, I'm signing them. I give you a nice little Britfield uh, bookmarker and a sticker. But it's kind of cool to get a, a signed copy. I myself as an author love to get signed copies from other authors. And uh, we're selling a lot of the trilogy set, which is kind of a neat way to get book one, two, and three. And then we have all types of other merchandise. We actually have the play on there um that's there for schools or homeschools uh ready to download it's turnkey and you could get your director's script movies uh actor's script director's notes uh all 28 sound effects 54 digital slides you can be putting on the play this semester 
And uh, oh, wow. so I encourage you. I encourage you to do that. It's really cool. And we, we have kind of a, a larger package and then we have a smaller package. If you just want to, you know, license the, the script and do some fun read throughs with the students and things like that. And so, you know, again, we're really trying to impact creativity and the arts and bring the arts back into the schools. So without singing about uh, making things um, freeze. <laughs> yeah, Superpowers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, Chad, Stor uh, Chad Stewart, thank you so much for doing us. You've done such an impactful thing and it's just great to see. I want to follow up with you as, as we sure. recap some of these things that are happening in 24, we're talking about movie, the television, the board game and all that. So we want to bring you back as this uh, story develops for part four and uh, congratulations on the continued success. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, the movie's going to be exciting. You're going to start to see a lot of buzz happening probably by March or April. Uh, it's all about the movie. Let's be honest. Right? I mean, everybody yeah. loves movies and we were all, we're a movie nation. And so I've been holding back the reins, you know, as I'm doing book two and book three and the board games and all that kind of stuff, waiting for the movie, but it's the time has now come. It's arrived. And I tell you something, it's going to be exciting. So. Well, if the movie does well, now it's time to talk to the theme parks about a ride. It'd be pretty interesting. We've talked about Britfield World. You know, we've, we've obviously brainstormed a lot of cool stuff. I think what's neat about the books, though, and I know we got to go, but um, being, being, you know, taking place in current time in real countries, it's wonderful because kids can now and parents can go travel to these countries and see all these real places. And I know it because I've, I've got a lot of feedback from parents. I just a couple months ago uh, from, from one parents, they took their daughter, um, Ava, to France and Italy and visited a lot of the places that these books take place in. And she had these like this wonderful portfolio showing me this is where Tom and Sarah like were hiding and this is where they visited. And it's just like it's bringing history and culture alive. And it's not some fantasy world or apocalyptic world. You know, you can go visit England and go hang out at Hyde Park where Tom and Sarah crashed the balloon. You know, walk along Vaughn Street where they shop, have tea at the Browns Hotel in Mayfair where they have yeah. tea, stay at the Duke's Hotel. So, again, you know what I mean? It's just it's, it's all these real places, and I think it's just exciting. So, I want to give you the last word. Talk about just uh, in, a, in a final seg uh, part of the segment here, your background. I mean, where did you come up with the idea? I mean, you're, you don't sure. sound British. <laughs> I know. I mean, for us to, to pick up the British distributors, very cool. You know, here's an American writing this British book. It's like, what the heck? You know, what does he know? And um, and it's funny, too, because we, we've won quite a few awards, but we did win um, uh, an award over in Britain uh, from that were from readers that were of that age group. And so I was very I was kind of thrilled because it's like, you know, this is the world of of Dickens and uh, Lewis and, you know, you name it. I mean, uh, Tolkien. You know, Lord of the Rings. So it's it's like, what am I doing there? But I'm I'm actually originally from Newport Beach, California. I was back east, Wellesley, Massachusetts, for 16 years. Uh, did my time back east, if you will. Uh, undergraduate British literature, European history, um, post grad, and then graduate school. Was actually in the investment world of investment banking. Worked at three Fortune 100 companies. When 12 years ago, I had the idea for Britfield at a boring insurance seminar in Providence, Rhode Island. I did a circle, three lines, a basket, a boy and a girl. And little did I know that for the next generation, for the next 25 years of my life, I would be committed to this Britfield Lost Crown movement and dynasty. So it's remarkable. And I'm so happy that it's worked so well because the stuff we talk about getting out of schools, this is yeah. something that needs to be in school. So that's very exactly. nice. Chad Stewart, thank you for taking the time today. I know you're, uh, 
You're in the process of writing and, and working on so many things, including the movie. Everybody check out the website. And uh, I'm, I'm on the uh, I'm on the play page. The whole materials is there. It's remarkable. So Brickfield and the Lost yeah. Crown and the uh, and, and, and then the whole series is just fantastic. So, Chad, keep up the good work and we'll follow Thank up you. with more updates. Appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. You got it. Awesome stuff from Chad Stewart and everybody check out Britfield of remarkable stuff. If you haven't got it yet, go buy it. It's on Amazon everywhere else. That'll do it for this evening's edition of the Matt Buff Show. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Follow us on thebuffshow.com and all our social pages and jump on TikTok with us. Crazy stuff happening. And we've got a big show for you next week after the Iowa caucuses. Drew Thomas Allen will be back. Mel Kay will be here. To wrap it all up, what happened in Iowa and what that means for as we blast towards Super Tuesday. So we'll see you next time on the Matt Buff Show. You stay smart out there.